Hi, this is Margot Escott with Improv Interviews, and today I'm really delighted to be speaking to some lovely ladies in Canada. They're part of the team, the Fantastic Funny Femmes, and in a moment I'll be introducing you to Alicia Douglas, Bree Watson, and Candace Meeks. This is probably my 25th episode, and I have to tell you all there that this is my first three-way Actually, it's a four-way, so it's very, very exciting. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. Bye. So, let's start with whoever wants to tell me a little bit about themselves and about the fantastic Funny Femmes. Uh, sure. Hi. Uh, and this is, you have to say who this is. Oh, sorry. Uh, this is Alicia Douglas. I just figured everyone could uh, recognize my voice. Um, <laughs> well, there's a few people in, in my outer. There's some people in outer Mongolia that don't know you yet, Alicia. So. <laughs> that's, that's my. Oh, I thought that that was my fan base, but that's fine. Um, we are the uh, fantastic funny femmes. We run a. We run and teach a course together that helps those who would like to mitigate their anxiety and perform or if they would like to mitigate their anxiety and learn a bit more about improv in a really low pressure environment. So that's what we do together as a team. And we've only done it so far, but I think we've got, you know, a couple, uh, we've got a couple more in the works. Definitely. I definitely have some uh, in the works. That was that was Bree just now and Candace saying yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Saying yeah. <laughs> Candace is in a car. That's why it sounds like she's far, far away. She's probably being chased by bears at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you even? Yeah, there's bears everywhere. <laughs> Candace is driving somewhere. Where exactly are you now? Do you know? Um. Yeah. I mean, we're. Yes, because I'm from New Jersey, so I immediately think you're down in Trenton, New Jersey, so good. I mean, I'm from Ontario, and I have no idea where she is. So. Trenton is the one Canadian air base uh, we have. Oh, there you go. Yeah. A little bit of history. <laughs> so, the largest one, you guys. We're very popular. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I have dogs, so that's one of my dogs. Yeah. We, we may be getting interrupted occasionally. So, um... What what do you, does anybody actually suffer anxiety? Because I talked to Kim, our friend Cam yeah. in Toronto, and I know Cam was very open about his anxiety and how improv helped him with that, among among other tools he used. Um, with performers or like or not performers, just women with anxiety 
um, you know, getting into a performance space. And him and I have some different views, for sure. Uh, we definitely have different styles, but Cam is just such a big help. That's fantastic. So can I ask, what are some of the things that you do use in your classes for anxiety? What are some of the games you use and approaches you use? So we, this is great, uh, by the way, we okay, had yeah, to divide it up. The whole event was divided up uh, into three parts. Um, the first part that Alicia led was about mindful meditation. Maybe you could talk about that a little bit more. Um, sure, yeah, it was mindfulness. Um, which for me, uh, because I actually suffer from anxiety, uh, that's also associated with ADHD. Um, and what I found very helpful was uh, mindfulness to put me back into a uh, my physical body and just allow me to experience the moment and not to think what could happen or what's going to happen next. It really helped me to to stay in the moment. And so that was something that I wanted to impart on uh, the women or the uh, femme identifying people who came to our course. And the second part of uh, the day was um, the equivalent of a stitch and bitch, but it was more a, <laughs> it was a comedy event at, and none of us are really good at sewing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> a giggle and bitch where the sort of the table was open to anybody who wanted to talk about, um, I don't know, get anything off their chest about things that they had encountered in the improv community. And sometimes that's, sometimes people experience things that sort of make them uncomfortable in the community. So we're trying to find ways that we can um, bring people together based on shared experience and, and help people no longer feel alienated and uh, really, you know, let them know that they're part of a community. Um, so I think that was part of the, yeah, the, not only that they're part of a community, but that they belong. And just because they've experienced things that might make them feel alienated, um, a lot of us have uh, gone through those kinds of experience. So that, I think, was the purpose of that uh, stitch and bitch. Or so and so, yeah, it was really, it was really uh, lovely because everyone shared these really like deep personal things, and it didn't feel scary or foreboding for anyone. Like it was just really supportive. Wow, that that's really great because I've actually had that experience myself um, of not feeling comfortable and feeling alienated. And can you can you give any examples of what some people shared? What what kind of things would happen? Because I think it would help to normalize it for other women that might experience that as they're getting into improv. Well, I think that's something that a lot of us could really identify with was either feeling like we didn't belong in the troops or the groups that we were in because either um, we were told that our material wasn't quote-unquote funny enough mm -hmm. or, and then to f only find out later that the group had in fact, adopted that material and <laughs> continued to utilize it. Mm. Um, that's That was fairly common. Um, there was a lot of, um, I don't know, a lot of, like, discussion about just, uh, like, like, yeah, like men yeah. using or trying to, um, I don't want to say, like, reign power over, but, like, be in charge. Dominate. Dominate, yeah. There was a lot of 
men dominating different social situations, both in the scene, like in improv, as well as, like, sorry, in actual improv scenes, as well as off stage. Uh, and I think uh, that was a very common thing that was brought up as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, and also, like, also issues of consent, um, you know, whether, like, whether on or off stage, um, issues of, of power struggles, that sort of thing. Well, I, I, I was going to make a generalization and ask if testosterone was involved, and that's what I suspected, because that's what happened to me. Um, so I wish I, had, I could have taken one of your classes when that was going on. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, like that, that was the really unfortunate thing. It's not like, you know, it, it does continue to happen, and I think the more open we are and able to talk to each other and able to create that community, we can stop normalizing that occurrence because uh, I, I think that all all too often it's just thought of as oh well that's just something that's going to happen or the whole like boys will be boys mentality and no that's that's stop so this I, hopefully would i think it was funny because i also remember we were chatting about um this notion of the troop mom where so there was a whole dialogue going on about things like consent and uh and power struggles but then it should we also shifted and talked about how often um there's you know the one or two people who are in charge of the troop getting gigs and the troop rehearsing and managing the schedule and making sure the troop actually works and how most of the time it was a woman who was responsible for that or at least who um, put that responsible uh, responsibility on her so it, it was like an interesting dynamic of people who felt like taken advantage of, uh, but who also felt like in order to be part of it, they had to bear the blunt of the responsibility to make the actual, to make their troop succeed, mm -hmm. so to speak. The oh. weird, yeah, not weird, but like... The kind of like mental exhaustion. Yeah. Like having to... You're like fighting it on both sides. Yeah. You're the boss, but also you're uh -huh. the Right. Well, women do do it. We do do get we do get things done. That's the truth about women. I think. Um, so, and Candice, you have a component too. That uh, yeah, Brie, what's it called? <laughs> well, you were. I think you were running the games, right? You were part, uh, responsible for yeah. the play part. Like, yes, we got out some. You know, we relaxed a little bit, and we got out some heavy stuff, and then we were ready to play, and that was Candice's. Share some of the games you actually would use in in the workshops. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things I do are just yelling at people. <laughs> <laughs>
performers who were back-to-back running a scene without actually looking at each other, which was very interesting. I had never done that before because you're, like, you're constantly told, like, make eye contact, focus on your partner. And it was, it was kind of a challenge to not be able to see your mm-hmm. partner react. That's cool. Yeah, the first time I did that, I, I learned that from, I steal everything from everybody, but I learned, I learned that from, uh, from Jess Grant in Toronto, um, because she's very into Meisner and so am I, and it is like, it is a Meisner type exercise, um, where you're really, it's really more the intention of like how you're both feeling about each other in the scene rather than having to make that eye contact or make those like, that physical connection, instead, you really are just, like, trying to connect with your partner in a different way. Right. Yeah, there's some, there's some uh, great, I, think it, oh. I was going to say, there are some great Meisner exercises. I've studied a little acting, too, and just a little bit, and, and there's some great Meisner exercises we can use in improv, I think. That's one of them, for sure. Yeah, it's a, the nice thing about it, I think, is just, um, especially for people with anxiety, uh, a lot of that a lot of that pressure can feel, um, a lot of that pressure comes from like being with somebody else on stage and worrying so much about that other person and not worrying about yourself. Um, and I do think that it, that it does help just like, like, you know, taking the pressure off. You're not looking at anybody. You're just having a conversation. Yeah, I saw something recently. The idea of um, always being able to give to your partner and give to your partner and then what are you giving to yourself? Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah. Can't do that. <laughs> I just need, okay, here we go. We don't argue here. 
big in the states too a lot of people love keith's work absolutely absolutely uh, so he's like 86 now or 83 or something and he's still like oh my god i didn't know um, i didn't know that <laughs> yeah he's in toronto uh, not too long ago um and he did this really awesome exercise uh which was uh, i'll just like explain how how the exercise worked and then how it sort of made me feel um because that's good this is what happens two people in a scene um and they would be just like playing a scene you know like not he set it up as being like two people like one person had taken another person home for the first time and as soon as somebody as soon as you got a feeling you know or or for whatever inexplicable or explicable that you weren't happy with the offer the person gave you not because you thought it was a stupid offer but because it made you physically react like you would snap your fingers and the scene would stop and you would start over again Mm. which was incredible because it really made you hone in on your partner and live in that moment with your partner and look at your partner and think what does this person want does this person want me to be like a you know like a, a creepy first date uh, you know, like gross person, which n- nobody would want. <laughs> nobody wants that. No, like unless, like unless you could look in their face and see, like, oh, we're playing. You know, we're we're getting into this naughty territory, I guess. But it was really okay. interesting to be like, uh, you know, like, oh, hey, do you want a drink? You know, like even just the tone of your voice mm-hmm. that would elicit a snap, and then it'd be like, okay, so what made you feel that snap? And he was like, ah, he was making me feel creepy. You know, like, uh, so even just, like, playing that exercise over and over again, you can sort of get to understand what your partner is feeling. And if you're looking out for your partner and your partner's looking out for you, uh, the idea, of course, is that you're, you know, you're looked after. You're not going to get into a scene where you're just like, ugh, this feels wrong or gross or funky. Yeah. So that was, I don't know, that was an interesting, because it's not, it's not a, just about yourself obviously it's right. about you know connecting with your partner um so anyway that was a really cool one what what does your partner want what are they looking for so it was a way of getting out of your own head and being like what do i have to say that's super funny what do i have to say that it'll be appropriate it's like no look to your partner what does your partner want hmm. exactly i love that example that's great thank you i think that's wonderful I've been teaching a class with people with Parkinson's disease and their caregivers. Yes. And we've only had, we just had our third class. And at the end of the class, we just do a very short debriefing. And several people said, well, it's making me think a lot. And I thought, oh, no, don't think. Uh-huh. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? <laughs> but we talked about, somebody brought up about failure and this fear of failure. And no matter how supportive our coaching is, how some people really have a difficult time trying to do it right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd say that especially counts for people uh, with anxiety. It's is that, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to make a blanket statement and say that it's uh, the same experience for everyone, but I would say that that is very common amongst people who um, yeah, suffer from anxiety. So. Yeah, 
Um, as somebody with anxiety, I still have problems with like, like I have gotten way better at feeling comfortable being an idiot on stage, <laughs> but now it's, it still comes out like, am I being an idiot hard enough? What does, does that, you know, like, is, that, is it funny enough? Is it, you know, like, yeah. so even if you're, man, even like being comfortable, even now as a person with anxiety, you worry about not failing good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a constant struggle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, obviously failure is important. I um I teach people like for level eights. I teach level eights in Second City. Um and it's uh, tremendous to see um how many people like uh they're doing their scenes and they're very introductory games and they look at me like, "Huh? Am I doing this right?" Huh? And it's like, Get, "Don't look at me." Just right. Be- I'll drop a name too. You know, Spolin does a, a, a lot of writing about approval and disapproval. Ah, yeah. And I think as women, not to make a general statement, but I think as women, we're really uh-huh. conscious of the need for approval and how disapproval can really harm us. Yes. And, uh, oh, lack yeah. of, and, and, and that's why so many people, comedians as well as improvisers, have come from very, I hate the word dysfunctional, but, you know, backgrounds that were abusive. And uh, didn't didn't really feel like yeah. they were complete people. Yeah, so. I um, I've actually uh, taught at a women's shelter. I was a program facilitator for a women's shelter in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, and I taught a improv course that was less of let's get up and and go perform and, and form a troupe. It was more so of uh, confidence building and anxiety mit- uh, mitigation and um, just feeling comfortable um, with with yourself. And uh, there was it was there was a lot of trepidation to have people join into the games and the class because they were not really sure what that entailed and, and theater activities and how is that pertinent and then uh when i kind of tried to connect the dots and make everything pertinent for uh day-to-day not necessarily people who wanted to go out and perform but to people who wanted to be more confident in interviews or people who wanted to i i had one woman say i still remember this uh she said i don't i don't know what confidence looks like and I remember that really, that really struck me. Uh, that really made me made me think. Like, what what does confidence look like? And it's your your posture. It's your your tone of voice. It's your uh, knowing what to do with your hands. Just those little tiny things that, um, if you do suffer from anxiety or you do have a background in trauma, that are not just givens. They they are uh, part of that daily thinking that has to be incorporated into the day-to-day. And so that was something that um, I really enjoyed doing and getting to talk to the women and asking them, like, how could I make this 
course better? How could I, how could I do that? And, um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely like, like having that background in, in trauma and, and using improv for that, uh, is definitely helpful for people who want to be more comedic or for people who just want to excel at, at whatever they're doing day to day. So, right. So let me ask you this as my dogs continue to bark. Um, so, so again, can you give some examples of some games you might use with the women in the shelter that uh, were helpful? Sure. So something that we used to do is we used to do a character walk. Um, and this, uh-huh. again, was adopted from uh, Rebecca Sohn, who... Uh, yes, love her. She's an incredible, amazing teacher at the Annoyance and probably a lot of other places, but this was where I took a course with her maybe like six years ago. And you walk and then you focus on different parts of your body and you lead with that part of your body. Mm -hmm. Um, So leading with your knees, leading with your head, um, leading with your hands. How does that change your physicality and then how does changing your physicality change how you feel and because actually uh slouching is it's a physical response to being sad and so your body will react to that and then you can incorporate that into characters so being aware of where you're placing your shoulders where like how you're walking mm-hmm. uh, the pace at which you're walking all of that can help with characters and it can also help with uh with being more aware more in the moment uh just in every day-to-day so that that was something that um that i i utilized with with my my group yeah that's a terrific exercise that's an awesome i i did a workshop with a group called sac here in orlando florida and we did that for about 45 minutes once I know it was a it was a lot of walking, but it was a. Yeah, I did. I think I did that for the first time uh, with Robin Duke, and it was she put it to music as well, which was uh, pretty interesting. So not only like, not only were you letting your own body uh, or your posture like affect how you were how that how you were presenting yourself but then also once you started getting into music and stuff it was like what kind of person you know moves like this and it was affected by say if you were mm-hmm. listening to like oldies versus rap versus mm-hmm. you know cool. whatever else you were listening to, or, mm-hmm. or whatever else was on yeah. the uh, playing yeah the first time i did it was in a dance class um <laughs> when i was 18, and my dance teacher had taken uh, improv class, I'm assuming, because she, uh, we, we had to do character circles, and then we also um, um, were embodied animals um, and embodied each other, which I thought was really great, uh, like picking a person in the room and trying to, to, to imitate like, them. Right. Oh, that doesn't uh, sound like my anxiety. Somebody <laughs> doing an impression of me sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, I loved it though, and I still, I still do use it when I teach, um, especially the animal one, because I find that just like really interesting. Um, but yeah, I love that stuff. That's 
So we're starting to talk about music a little bit, and are you use, who's using music in their classes? Everybody or? Um, well, I mean, I I teach musical improv once at a blue moon. Um, uh, at Bad Dog, we have uh, like I produce our student night, and so once a month we do do a musical improv night. Um, You're getting a compliment. You're getting a compliment at how great you are. How great you are at doing it, Candice. Yeah. Sweetheart, those girls. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted you to know that before you get eaten by a bear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll miss you guys a lot. Beautiful. I love I I love musical improv. I just love it. We had Stacy Smith down here a few months ago. Oh, she's so lovely. Yeah, I've taken a few with her and, and it's just Oh, Stacy's my favorite. No. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, so I think I, I just love music because I think it's a myth when people say I can't sing. I always say, Well everybody can sing. Yeah, yeah. Colin Mockery can do it, the rest of us can do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, exactly. Now, do any of you, do any of you do any scripted material at all or not?
contracts for the past couple years and will memorize archival material and put on a, a scripted show and then improv shows on the um, on the cruise ships. But you used to be in a sketch troupe, right? I was in a sketch troupe, yeah. Um, when I met you, you were doing sketch. I, wa- I was, yeah. I, I definitely, yeah, I have a background in sketch as well. Um, with a, a troupe, we're no longer together, but we used to be called Big T's. And uh, we used to do teas like t-shirts. Teas like. <laughs> I thought you meant like hair, you know, like big teased hair. It, well, it was a. <laughs> oh god, I hate explaining this name. It was so long ago. We wanted to call ourselves cock teas as a joke, but then we're like, no one's gonna book us, so we called ourselves big teas instead. You guys hear me? Okay, cool. <laughs> so that's. So um, I am curious how now, are, Alicia, are you mainly working at Second City now? Is that what you do? I am actually working towards uh, a bachelor's degree for social work. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> All right. Wise choice. Thank you. Uh, not that, but like, I will always do comedy. I, I always want to teach. I really want to continue uh doing these classes and incorporating improv because I, I think it has so many therapeutic merits and I I would like to foray that into like what I'm going to do with my, the rest of my career. Um, but I just want to make sure that I am doing it right and that I have the background in social work to make sure that I'm helping people as best I can. So that's, uh, that's the big old plan. Okay. So, yeah, girl, that's my girl. How, so, so how did you meet? Who met for who first, and how did you connect? Oh, is it a beautiful dewy field? Uh, the rainbow. Ooh. <laughs> and sunset. Um, I met Alicia. So I was at Humber College or Humber College doing the comedy writing program there, and that's where your troupe was performing, I think, one night. And I think mm-hmm. that's where I met you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just, like, we would bump into each other in Second City, I think, every once in a while. Yep. And Candace, geez, Candace, how did we meet? I don't probably know. Probably. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Improv shows. I was um, probably, like, doing a show, and I was like, hey, girl, you're real funny. And then I would do a show, and you'd be like, hey, girl, you're really funny. Really, really funny, good. yeah. How frequently yeah. do you, how frequently do you play together? On a, about a month, well, like once a month at least. At least once a month, yeah. That's way cool. And then yeah. you and then you team teach. Yep. Yeah. And we'll hopefully be doing yeah. more than that. That's well, your classes sound wonderful. That because the mindfulness is so important. Are you actually teaching any mindfulness exercises and things like that when you teach when you talk about mindfulness? Yeah. Uh,
because I find that, that doing it is a lot easier than explaining it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I felt so relaxed after that mindfulness oh, exercise. Good. Yeah, I was like, yeah, me too. Oh, that's awesome. I loved and it. We all had a nap for yeah. the other two hours. That was the class. So, Bree, what's going on with you? Because uh, Alicia's choosing the golden path of a social worker. <laughs> um, well, it's funny because I'm just in my like first month of having left my day job. Uh, for, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, I was doing admin work for a long time, um, and I, I um, needed a break. And um, I'm actually in the process of, well, not in the process. I recently moved out of the city, too. Uh, but I got wheels so that I could come back into town and do shows and teach because I still teach at Second City. Um, so the idea was to go away from the time-consuming uh, day job and, and hopefully more towards a more creative life. Um, and we'll see how long that is <laughs> sustainable. Because <laughs> oh. who knows? Right. A long time, I <laughs> hope. I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and how about you, Candace? Um, well, like Bree, I am now blissfully unemployed. <laughs> quite, quite a change from uh, uh, lifestyle I was living before, but it's it's great because you know, like I find that I found that working uh, full time was giving me a lot of unneeded anxiety for sure. Um, and now, I mean, I'm I'm the community engagement manager at Bad Dog, and I also. Um, run I produce their Academy Tuesday. So that's like that's a night for all the students to come. Um basically we try to make it into a big party. We've uh it's always student classes showing what they're working on right now. And then afterwards we have a jam show but we're switching it up a bit. Uh coming up in September we're gonna have a little bit more like more fun stuff for them. Like so more more ways to uh to engage and become friends with each other and like and socialize so like karaoke tri- we've been doing trivia all month and it's been going amazingly so that, that that sort of thing well that is so exciting and i have to give a shout out to steph mccullough because she introduced me to mm-hmm. the three of you and she's you know produced this uh yes and conference combining mental health and improv which yeah. was an yeah. awesome task and um I uh, I just admire all of you. I wish you were a little bit closer to Florida. Maybe you'll come down here, huh? Oh, yeah. I loved it. Oh, my God. When, uh, yeah, when I was in Orlando in May, it was the best. Yeah. So, we, so we need to bring you down in, like, January or February, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's freezing here during that time of year. So, yeah. so, in closing, um, I wanted to ask each of you, if you could give some words to a newbie woman improviser. What would you say to her? It might sound a little corny, but you want to give it a try? Yeah. Um, girl. <laughs> girl, for sure. Listen, you're doing great. Don't feel like you don't have... Uh, you aren't allowed to make as many mistakes as anyone else. Feel like you can give yourself the freedom to bomb. And don't let other people dominating a scene make you think that you aren't as funny. And if you love this, do 
not leave. You don't have to feel like you have to go anywhere. We need you here. You are needed. You are wanted. You are part of this. Please don't, don't quit. Stay with it if you love this. Stick around. Yeah, girl, that's my girl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I was had uh, actually one of the uh, well, it wasn't given to me, but some advice that I heard uh, Natasha Boomer, a big community leader uh, here in Toronto, um, tell people was uh, especially when they're starting off in classes and stuff. Um, you don't have to uh, fuck anyone you don't want to fuck. <laughs> I think the improv world is better because of you three ladies, and uh, oh, yeah. and if you don't come to if you don't come to Florida, maybe I will come to Toronto one of these days. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I have. I got a room. Oh, all right, I'm coming. <laughs> All right, well, listen, thank you so much for your time, and I'll be posting on my website more information about you all and where you're at and that kind of thing, and I've just been so thrilled to talk to you. You just, you all empowered me today. I'm going to have a great day. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, my God, Margo, thank you. Okay, well, goodbye, ladies. I love you all. Have a great day.